This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Of course, we're now in December, last month of the year. Holidays coming up. Winter is almost here. The tw- December 21st is the first uh, day of winter. The shortest was the least amount of daylight. I think that's what that is. Um, and that's just about two weeks away. So I guess we have to put up with it. And, of course, we're going to put up with the stock market, too. Uh, you saw a down day today. But, you know, you know, have you noticed the volatility is is not as great, but it's certainly going sideways. A lot of sideways movement here in the market. And that's kind of unusual for this time of the year. Usually it's an up time. But as I look at the, 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 the charts of the main indexes, you know, they're, they're, they're moving up. I mean, but... Not with much gusto, and I have a feeling we might get a little correction in here, but I don't think we're going to get another rally until we are more certain about two things, and that is the vaccine and the new stimulus package. Um, both those things are still not here yet. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to answer anything, any kind of questions you have regarding financial situations, insurance Stocks, bonds, those kinds of things. Okay, um, insurance is uh, you know what I started it many, 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 many years ago. That was the industry I started in, so I, I have a pretty good background in that. So any kind of financial questions, I'm willing to tackle, as long as you're willing to ask. Okay, so the number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. It is a call in show. I look for your calls to make this show interesting. So give me your calls. Now, uh, the market today, that was down. Dow was down 105 points. Uh, NASDAQ down 244, and the S&P down 29. Now, if you're paying attention, you'll notice that the NASDAQ is down more. And I'm not talking about just points. I'm talking about percentages. On down days, the NASDAQ goes down more than the Dow and the S&P. For instance, the Dow, NASDAQ was down 1.94% today, almost 2%. The Dow was down 0.35%, and the S&P was down 0.79%. So that's a pretty big difference. What does that indicate? What does that tell us? Does it tell us anything? I think it tells us we're seeing a little bit of rotation into the more value stocks. That's what I think. So, okay, let's go ahead and go get to our first caller. We can't wait around here. There is a live caller, so we're going to go ahead and talk to Anna in Fremont. How are you doing, Anna? Anna? Yellow. Yeah, hi. Hello. How you do- Hello, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, uh, I want to uh, invest in uh, two mutual funds, which is a Vanguard value fund. One is uh, VSIAX, and another one is VVIAX. So I want to know your opinion. I look at it, and it looks good. But uh, I just want to know your okay. thoughts. Okay, the uh, VVIAX is the Vanguard Value Index Fund, and the other one, VSIAX, is a small cap value fund. 
So um, those are on the value side of the market, which I think is probably where we should be for the next little while. When I say a little while, you know, at least into next year and how deep into next year and the year after, I don't know. We'll have to see. But, uh, yeah, both of those are good. Vanguard is a low-cost mutual fund provider, and they're value, value funds. Now, small-cap value is harder harder because small-cap companies generally are growth companies. So I think it's going to be more difficult for them to find value in that in that area. But I, I, I like them both. So, um, you know, you could split your buy, Anna. I, I think it would be fine. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's the number. Your calls drive the show. So I really look forward to it. And don't hesitate to call. And you can call after hours. We're open. We're live, 4 to 5, live Pacific time, Monday through Friday. But you can call after hours if you wish. Okay? Um, You're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And there's no denying it. Winter is sneaking up on us. So winter solstice, solstice is right around the corner. Anyways, um, while we're adjusted to the new way of celebrating, we you know the holidays because we can't all get together or you know whatever it is in your area. I don't know, but we just got to adjust to it. It's it's not going to last forever. We won't have this problem next year, everybody. So just be patient. We still got to come up with ways and strategies to manage our money. That's what the show is all about. Give me a call. Again, your participation is very, very important to the show. Calls are live, 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Wednesday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so my focus point today, three smart money moves to make before year's end. Okay, and that, always at this time of the year, you get all these articles and these uh, 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 pundits telling you what you should do before year end. Like you don't have enough time, you know, because you got to squeeze in before Christmas, in, in between Christmas shopping and stuff. Well, maybe this year, since you're shopping from your desk, I mean, a lot of people are, maybe you have time to squeeze in some of these. So we'll talk about that, okay? Um, coming up on the show, I will elaborate and give you more on that particular story. But I also want to talk about the workforce statistics, our workforce statistics. All the way, also, there was a survey of uh, CFOs, 150 of them by Doolittle and Touche uh, about um, current conditions, economically speaking. And uh, did you see what Tesla, did you, did you hear uh, Ian Musk talk about Tesla? Do you know that Musk moved to Texas? He moved from California to Texas. Hmm. So we'll talk about that if we have time. Those are the things we're going to discuss. So we have another call, live call uh, from Menlo Park asking about GE. Hello, Steve. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was just uh, wondering about GE because uh, I actually got in uh, in the seven range 
and it's already run up to about 11. I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, with the, uh, what is it, 737 coming back online? Yep. And uh, they had some uh, other uh, positive uh, news. I was just wondering if you think it's a good good to hold it a little longer or... Well, the uh, 737, are you talking about the 737 MAX from Boeing 737 MAX? Yes. Yeah, uh, they are. They have been a FAA approved again, but I noticed that the, some of the orders have been canceled probably because of the airlines. You know how dire their, their, their finances are in, but... Uh, General Electric, uh, they're going to make six cents a share this year and thirty-seven cents a share next year. It's eleven dollars stock, so it's probably fairly priced right now. It's going to hit a lot of resistance right around thirteen dollars. So uh, don't 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 expect it to continue to do what it's doing forever. It, it just can't because because it, you know, it doesn't have the horses yet, but. I'm not a big fan of GE at this point because they've gotten so much trouble from what they're doing. They have too much debt for me to feel comfortable with them. So um, that's up to you. Um, I Just be aware that they're going to stop running up around $13, $13.50. Uh, that's a lot of overhead resistance there. That's where other people have uh, will say, oh, I finally got even and get out because they bought it there. So that's why it becomes overhead resistance. Appreciate the call, though. Thank you. Um, I'm coming up on the next show, I'll elaborate and give you my view on this particular story. Uh, um, and I told you what I wanted to talk about. So let's go ahead and fit in another caller question here. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve. My name's Nick. I had a question about the backdoor Roth IRA. Every year I, I max out my traditional uh, Roth 401k and I'm left with some extra money in each paycheck and I'm looking for you know a tax advantaged way to invest that money. So is it as simple as just opening a traditional IRA, converting it to a Roth IRA? I know that there's limit restrictions, so hopefully you can let me know your opinions on it and any uh, risks or downside that's associated with the Roth IRA. Thank you. Okay, there's really no risk with a Roth IRA, but just remember when you open up a Roth IRA, uh, money you put into it is taxed after tax money. And he's thinking, well, if I open up a regular IRA, put the money in there, or transfer money in there from an uh, from some maybe an old four hundred one k or something, and then tra- uh, then convert that into a Roth. I can avoid paying the taxes. Now there are problems with that, so you need to really talk to an accountant. It depends on how much money you make. You know, uh, are you married or you're single, and do you file joint returns? And how much money do you make as a couple? Uh, there's there's rules, and I'm not familiar with all the rules. So just be, be make sure you know what the rules are before you do that. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with Roth. Uh, I like people to have both, if you want to know the truth. You know, maybe a regular 401k work and a Roth IRA and contribute to And the reason being is that at the end of the period, remember, you, when you take money from your regular retirement accounts, that's taxable income. But if you take money to live off of your, from your Roth, that's not taxable money. So I kind of like that part. But, okay, 
Let's get to our focus point. Three smart moves to make before year's end, everybody. What do you think those might be? Well, first of all, this is going to be a little bit different. One of the things you need to, one of the smart moves is take a look at, see if your view has changed because of 2020, because what's happened this year, because of, you know, the COVID thing, did you, were you prevented from working because you couldn't, then you couldn't put money in your retirement account? Did things change because of what happened this year? And probably, I'm going to suggest that that's probably not. Hopefully, it did not. But you need to look at that. Does it, it's it made you change how you look at things retirement-wise? Um, and now is a good time also to look at the short and long-term money goals. Has that been affected? Are you on track? And you should do that probably every year. And then uh, should you change your strategies? Should you look at the strategies that you have? I mean, if you're moving closer and closer to retirement, you want to take less and less risk. I mean, I, I still think you should take risk, but less risk. You know, uh, and are is, so are you at that point where you have to reconsider the strategies that you're using? Let's say you're, gee, I'm a growth investor and I'm 62 years old and I'm going to retire in a couple, three years. Maybe you need to start moving some of that money to more conservative type strategies. So things like that, that's what you should consider. And it won't take you long. It's not like you have to agonize over this for hours and days. And, and you can even ask for advice from people like me. We'll tell you. Just don't ask. Just make sure they don't try to sell you something. Okay? You want some honest advice. You don't want, well, maybe you should do this, and I have a product that fits that. You know, don't. You got to find somebody that you feel comfortable with and just ask for good, solid advice. I do that all the time. I don't, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not one of these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage in my life and career where I can give advice. And if you don't become a client, I'm perfectly comfortable. Okay. So you listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. Isn't that the truth? You got to constantly do it. So you got to learn to deal with the volatility. We've been talking about that for so long. Remember, there's only two emotions, fear and greed, that drive stocks. Do you have either one controlling your decisions? I hope, I hope not. Give me a call. We're live. 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk to Manny in the Bay Area. He wants to talk about insurance. Manny. Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Appreciate it. I had a question regarding uh, early retirement before ah. you can get Social Security. Okay. I budgeted to retire early, but I never calculated on having to pay for insurance. Ah. What would you recommend? Are you talking about car insurance, home insurance, life insurance? What kind of insurance? All Medical of insurance. Medical insurance. Okay, yeah. And as you get older, that gets more and more expensive, as you probably realize at this stage. 
Um, the only thing you could do, are you healthy? Yeah. Okay, so if you don't have really any sicknesses and you're not, you don't have any chronic illness, like you know diabetes or something, um, you can you can buy the cheapest insurance out there until you get to sixty five when you can get on Medicare, and then you can buy very inexpensive supplemental. But how old are you? You said you're fifty. What? What did you say? How old are you? Fifty three tomorrow. Yeah, so you're young for retiring. That's that's a pretty young age. Uh, so uh, if you buy insurance, probably it's going to run about five to seven hundred dollars a month for decent insurance. You know, uh, wow. and that's going to that's going to cost. It's it's a very painful thing. I, there's no way to get out of it other than tell them, hey, I want a really high deductible. Try to get as high a deductible as you can. But that means you're kind of self-insuring for the first whatever. Couple, three, four, five thousand dollars worth of injuries, but you do that if you know you're in good health. You know, but I see. But it's going to be expensive, Manny. It really is. Just until you get Have social security. Yeah, probably. That's just, if you can get a part-time job that provides insurance, because that's really what you're looking for—just the insurance. Manny, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate that, too. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So the workforce statistics. Okay, the October job openings were reported today. 6.7 million of them from 6.5 million the month before. So 200,000 more job openings. Now, don't get too excited about that. That's We usually have quite a few job openings. Just trying to find the, quali- the, the qualified people to fill them. Uh, quarter three productivity numbers came out. It went up 4.9 percent from from uh, about the same the quarter before. I think it was 4.7 percent. Last quarter was 4.9. Why is that important? That's a pretty high number, by the way. Uh, why is it important? Because it goes to the quality of life. If you're more productive, you make more things. It generally means the quality of life for everybody in the economy is improving. When it, productivity shrinks, it's just the opposite. Uh, unit labor costs shrank 6.6% from uh, 8.8% shrinkage before. Well, unit labor costs, why, why would that be shrinking? Well, because we're more productive, one of the reasons. Okay, and there wasn't much increase in salaries. So, or... And, you know, thanks. So that's why that happened. Consumer credit for October. I know it's, October is pretty late, but that's the latest number they have. Seven billion dollars. Month before September was fifteen billion dollars. So it's much less. We're going to see. I'm curious how what the, uh, the holiday season will bring. That'll be very interesting, in my opinion. So those were some of the statistics out. Last week, we had a blizzard of economic numbers. This week, uh, I've just read you most of the economic numbers that have come out this week. We'll do, we will have uh, unemployment claims tomorrow, and that's always important. They expect that to jump up a little bit to 720,000, I think they said. And that's a big number. When we were, before COVID, we were under, running around 250,000 in that range, and that's a very good number. Any any number under 300,000 is a very good number. Any number under 300,000. We had it below 200,000 for a few weeks. 
which was remarkable in my opinion, remarkable. And we had unemployment rate down to what, 3.5%, which I remember 20, 30 years ago, full employment was considered a 45 to 5% full employment. And did you know that Europe, their full employment number is like 10%? Why? I mean, we're below that now. We're nine point something. Why is that? Because they're very socialist. And a lot of people don't want to work because they can live off the money they get from the government. They don't have the incentives we have. We don't. We have, boy, you got to work in this country much more so. And I know some of you are going to say, well, I know people on welfare and all that. And yeah, well, but no, but... We don't reward that nearly as much as Europe does. So that's, I think that's why maybe somebody else has a better answer. I, I, maybe you do. I'd like to hear it. But it's been chronic with Europe, unemployment being much higher than us for ever since I've been keeping track. And I've been keeping track for decades. So anyways, so we're actually in pretty good shape if we can get this stupid COVID thing behind us. If we can, and I think we will with the vaccines, we're going to have three. We're probably going to have three out before the end of December. Three. Different. Pretty good, huh? Less than a year we have produced these things. That is amazing. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, we're going to, you know, we do have a trivia question. We'll be, t- we'll, I'll be talking about that after the break. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99 Chart. 
Okay, I didn't get to the trivia question before the break. That was my fault. Uh, hardly a week goes by without the caller questions about electric vehicles. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to keep getting more and more popular. Well, yesterday, General Motors announced an all-electric 2021 Hummer electric vehicle. All-electric. Guess how long it took them to sold out. The price tag, by the way, is $112,000. $112,000. How long do you think they took for them to sell out? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. So looking back in time, when, as in which year, was the first human-carrying electric vehicle with its own power source first tested? And where? Do you have any idea? Well, here's the answer. Electric vehicles are electric, are the rage today of, in 2020, but the concept of electric vehicles have been around more than 100 years. Ha! I knew that. At least I guessed that. So what was likely the first human-carrying electric vehicle with its own power source was tested along a street in Paris, France in 1881. The inventor was a Frenchman named Gustave Travoy. I don't know how to say that name. And he tried to patent the concept but was unable to do so. Later, a German engineer named Andreas Flocken uh, built the first real electric car in 1888. Other people made innovations and modifications, and the electric vehicle held the vehicle land speed record until 1900. But the high costs and low top speed and short-range battery electric vehicles compared to 20th century internal combustion engine vehicles led to a worldwide decline in their use as private motor vehicles. So, they've been around a long time. Long time. I wonder how come we don't have steam engine cars. You know, they, 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 they did invent those about the same time, I bet you. Steam engine. What? You know, just heat up some water. I mean, the, the, what are the, what's, the, uh, what's the pollution? Water. Anyways. Okay, um, going fast forward over the years. The emergence of metal oxide semiconductor technology around the year 2000 led to the development of modern electric road vehicles. Another important technology that enabled modern highway-capable electric cars is lithium-ion batteries. It is responsible for the development of electric vehicles capable of long-distance travel. And that's what you really need for an electric vehicle is, you know, can it go 500 miles on a charge? Well, they can, but that's not typical. Toyota was selling EVs in 2020. They gave up for a while. California electric car maker Tesla Motors began developing in 2004 the Tesla Roadster. That was a really neat-looking car. Do you guys remember that one? Which was first delivered to customers in 2008. Now, you can see where this is going, right? We may now be a bona fide era of electric vehicles. We're going to, I think GM is going to come out with 35 new models in the next few years. And then, you know, I mentioned VW is going to be all electric, 100%. Uh, in the next few years, and the whole fleet. I mean, it's just going to go that way. Mind you, though, don't don't think the internal combustion engine is going away anytime soon. It's not. Because it, it, it's going to take a, a couple of decades or longer, decades, before they can replace the internal combustion engine completely. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. 
is dumb. Okay, let's grab another caller question from our 888-99 number. Uh, hey, guys. My name is Jeremy from Alabama, and I have a question regarding Tesla's upcoming inclusion in the S&P. Now, I know there will be a lot of institutional buying surrounding it, as it has to be added to a bunch of uh, various indexes and funds. But where I'm not clear is, is that happening now, or will that happen on and after the 18th and the current run-up is just anticipation of that? Thanks for your time. Love the show. Bye. Oh, it's happening now. It's definitely happening now. Remember, if you're a mutual fund, think about it. Think about you being a money manager, okay? And you're a money manager, and you're running the Vanguard S&P 500 Index Fund. And you're thinking, hmm, if you're Vanguard family, I'm going to need to have, I'm going to have to put in that fund X amount of Tesla stock. Where am I going to get it? And I can't just go on the open market. So what you do is you have other funds being buying, <laughs> being buying Tesla, and then one day those funds are going to sell it to the to the Vanguard fund. They're going to transfer it over. They're, trust me, they're about there buying for those when they have to when, for those index funds that have to take it. They are buying it, and they will be buying afterwards too. Now, I would say, though, don't expect the stock to pop up and take off because it's now an index S&P 500. Look at any others that have been added over the years. You do realize, do you realize that S&P 500 changes every year? Several stocks come in and several stocks leave every year. So this is nothing unusual, nothing, nothing to see here, in other words, nothing to try to take advantage of. Okay. Okay, so, okay, see a survey of CFOs, chief financial officers, for 2020 and their findings. 18% say current conditions are good. 26% say they're bad. 59% expect better conditions ahead in 2021. And 75% expect faster growth in 2021. Now, I don't have to do the survey to come up with that kind of numbers. Who doesn't know that 2021 is going to be better for economically? Because you knew that the COVID, the vaccine's coming out, and you know the government's going to, going to offer another spending package. I had an email today from someone asking me how sure I was about that spending package. And again, I'll repeat myself. I was, I'm very sure. I know what's going to happen. So I'm not so sure it's just going to be one, if you want to know the truth. Could be more than one. Could be. Yeah. I don't think we'll need it. So I don't think we'll have it. But I think, you know, it's a possibility. Depends on how far, how long, how bad this new COVID spike affects our economy, really. How bad. And we won't see that until another month or two. And we don't know how long the, the vaccine will take to distribute. It, I mean, most people are thinking sometime later this year, from June to September, somewhere in there, finally have a readily available, but we don't really know. You know, the problem with the, 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 the vaccine that they're getting approved now has to be kept super cold, super cold. And then the, the, the other one, too, that's coming right behind it also has to be super cold, but the AstraZeneca vaccine doesn't. Problem with the AstraZeneca one that it might be approved by the end of the year, 
into December is that you don't, the problem is not really the problem. The problem is it's only 70% effective where the others that keep super cold are 95% effective. But the 70% effective one, you don't have to keep cold. So why, and people, you're probably thinking, well, why would I want that? I want the cold stuff. I want the stuff that's 95. Yeah, but if you're talking about worldwide distributions, people don't, um, the countries and, you know, rural areas don't have that ability to keep it super cold. So worldwide, the AstraZeneca could be more widespread than the ones that are more effective. I could see that happening. And of course, you know they're working on other vaccines too. So, And treatments. I think the treatments are getting better and better and better all the time. They're still not there, but they're getting better. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we have posted on our website. I really would help like that. That's at investtalk.com. You know, this show is how we get clients, and that's how I have to do my little bit to drive you to our website if I can. You can learn more about the various event strategies by going there as well. I mean, we have a program called the Discipline Equity Program, and it's, you know, it's focused on good, solid companies, and we get a little boost. Um, you know, it's good, solid companies, and we, 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 it, we're focused strictly on growth. Okay, but we don't use uh, anything um, exotic, nothing at all. So, depends on what you want, what you need. How aggressive do you want to be? It's up to you. So, if you're serious about achieving financial freedom and you want some help managing your funds, just give Justin Klein or myself a call at KPP Financial or in California. And you can learn more right now at investtalk.com. And I'm taking your questions live right this instant at 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices Parallel Investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Chris from Massachusetts. I'm a shareholder of Prospect Capital. I typically only buy it if it's under $4, and it typically tends to rally up between 5 and 6 Either way, I did get an offering package in the mail to get preferred shares at a 10% discount. I'm wondering if that's somewhat of a no-brainer, how to take the discount and get the preferred shares, or if there's something I'm obviously missing. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye. Preferred shares. Well, what are they offering? you got to look at that offer. What, what do you mean preferred shares? What are they paying? Or, you know, and is it and it, it can the company is a company strong enough to make sure you get your money back? And remember, preferred shares are like a bond, okay? So you're going to get a certain yield from them, um, and you get them at a ten percent ten percent discount. I mean, from the surface, it sounds like a great deal, but what what is your yield? Are you are they paying you a half a percent of yield, or are they paying five percent of yield? And how long? You know, yeah. It, you, you just got to look at the whole prospect, you know, the whole prospectus um, to, to determine whether it's a decent number. Make sure you look at the financial strength of the company. Why are they issuing preferred shares? 
Remember, that's one way the company gets cash. Why does it need the cash? What is it doing with it? If it's expanding, it's taking that money to expand, great. I have no problem with that. But if it's taking that money to pay dividends to the common shares, they're using the preferred issuance to pay the common dividend. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. But trust me, they do do that. So you have to look at it. You have to look at the, the offering. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's move pretty fast. And if I move fast, I might get, a, get squeezed in another call. 888-99-CHART. This is Al from Reston, and I'm hoping you can help out with uh, Bitcoins. I just don't get it. It's sort of like the emperor's new clothes. There's nothing there. I just don't understand why people are such crazed about it. You know, you hear people say that, oh, it's a limited supply, etc. But there's nothing there. You know, one gentleman was talking about Bitcoin replacing gold. Well, with gold, at least you've got something. It seems like anybody at any point can write some software code and generate an equivalent for Bitcoin. So I, I just don't get it. Yes, it is an efficient mechanism for transferring funds from point A to point B, and I see how PayPal and Square are using it that way. But, uh, you know, until a country or perhaps a company backs it, it's not fiat currency. It, it's nothing. So I just don't get it. I don't think it's going to end well for those people. But if I'm missing something, I'd love to know about it. Thanks so much. Uh, well, frankly, you're not missing anything. <laughs> it is. It's just money created out of the ether. Now, okay, you know how our dollar, we print dollars, right? We know how, well, how is that valued at a dollar? How do we know the dollar has value at all? Remember, you print a one on a dollar bill or one zero zero dollar bill. What's the difference in value between one dollar and a hundred dollars? Just because you put a couple of zeros on it, what is it backed by? We went off the gold standard in the sixties. That back then, everybody, you could turn in actually dollars and get gold if you wanted to. But we had to take ourselves off that because there's not enough gold in the world. So when economies expand, and a lot of other economies using our dollars. So what is our dollars worth? Well, you can say a dollar's worth the economy and the strength of the economy and the, the history of the dollar and blah, 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 blah. Why can't the Bitcoin be that way too? Yeah, you make them out of the ether by code. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hard concept to get your, get your, wrap your head around. But I think, I think, I think uh, electronic currency or however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, I think it's here to stay. I think it, it, I don't think it's going away. I don't know what will eventually back it. Uh, it could be the full faith of the world economy, maybe. And how do you keep it from safe, from being over abused, you know, people stealing, quote-unquote, stealing Bitcoin? That has happened, I think. I remember reading something about that a while back, where, you know, someone stole the coins from somebody else. It's all electronic, right? It's all on the computer, the ether. So, according to a new study from financial services company Fidelity, a large percentage of Americans plan to spend 2021 in survival mode. I don't know about that. Maybe you will initially. 
That story's going to be tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your question live at 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it at 888-99-CHART. Now's the best time. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, we're going to talk to Mike, who's in Laguna Niguel. And for you, you people who don't know where that is, that's just down the street from me here in Southern California. I'm in San Juan Capistrano. How you doing, Mike? Hey, great, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I love your show. I learn something new every time I listen. So, Great. Uh, My question is about uh, Costco, and uh, I'm looking at a target price from a lot of the analysts around 400, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering how uh, attainable that might be, and then also wondering if you might have, like, an entry point on the stock. Well, at 400, that's at the maximum of its range of P.E., has been for the last five years. The range is 26 to 40. So at 400, they're going to make $10.78 next year. So, you know, that's around a 38, 39 PE. And that's a pretty, I love Costco. Don't get me wrong, Mike. I mean, Costco is a great company. I mean, I, I, I mean, you really want to be an owner of Costco long-term in my personal opinion. It's, they don't pay much of a dividend, seven tenths of a percent, but they consistently grow seven to twelve percent. You know, s- pretty consistently sales growth and earnings grow. You know, from zero to ten percent a year. So it's the consistency of the company that's pretty spectacular, and that's why it's valued so high. But man, I, I would wait for a pullback. Uh, uh, wait for with you know a recession or deep. Uh, you know, close to a bear market, I would to buy this stock because it's going to be overvalued probably pretty consistently. I don't think you're ever going to get it cheap, Mike, unless that happens. A recession or, a, 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 you know, some really huge correction in the marketplace. Mike, appreciate it. Costco's a great company to own. I would suggest to be part of anybody's blue chip holdings, core holdings. Thanks, Mike. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Okay, last talking point. Mar- uh, EMS moved to Texas. Everybody. Now Tesla is building a factory out there, and he said he wanted to be near the factory and the SpaceX program. I believe he moved there for tax purposes, personal tax purposes. Why do you have SpaceX there? Why do you have a new factory there? Hmm. Remember, he you know started here in California. People are leaving California. I'm just telling you. The entrepreneurs class out there here in California, a lot of them are saying, man, this is a tough environment to survive. And Texas is a lot more attractive. Other kinds of states, too. So I think that's why he moved. You know he's the world's second richest man, right? So I think it's taxes. I don't think it's because, oh, it's because I have a factory out there and I have the SpaceX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're also a multi-multi-billionaire. You have a jet. You can fly anywhere you want, anytime you want. You can live wherever you want. Right? 
But if you have a, but if you're in Texas and that's where you actually live, then you're taxed in Texas. Texas taxes are much more. I don't think they have income tax. Star state income tax here is pretty high, pretty high. Anyways, I think that's going to do it. Or we got. Hey, I I don't have any more talking points. I'm out of talking points, guys. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. I'm Steve Peasling. I guess we're going to call it another day because we don't have any more time. I will be back Friday, by the way. Justin will be here tomorrow. And when I do come back Friday, you know, every Friday I always talk about the KPP Premium Newsletter that I go, I I write and send out on Friday. So I'll give you some information about that newsletter. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts. It's all free. You know, we've been doing this podcast, I think, now for 12 years, 10 years. I mean, when we first started it, it wasn't, uh, it was something brand new to many of us out there. And I really appreciate and thank everybody out there for downloading the podcast. I mean, I think we're, we're running around 800, 900,000 a month. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. So if you want to download it, you want to listen to it, it we've got 100 of them for free. Free downloads right now at investtalk.com. And you can download it from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. And I would really appreciate it if you would review and rate the show. We'd like some insight. I always want to know how I can make it better. And that's from you. You have to tell me. And if you want to listen live, you can hear the program each weekday via real-time streaming through investtalk.com. Just click on the Listen Live button. And that is also free. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk, everybody. Have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.